two slacker friends try to promote their public access cable show. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Our Childhood. A weekly podcast where we remove our childhood goggles and put on our adult bifocals to rewatch and review our favorite movies from the past. That is what we do here. And we're just hanging out, man. Yeah. Living our best lives. Living our okayest lives. Yeah. Damn you, coronavirus. Yeah. I didn't really want to, like, talk about it because I feel like we've been consumed by it mm-hmm. 24-7, but it's kind of hard not to. Yeah. When it's on everybody's minds whether you think everybody's overreacting or if you are worried about it mm-hmm. then i hope that we can provide an escape for you definitely that's uh about the only hope because i feel like we're eliminating a lot of our escapes by postponing movies and sports have gone away for the foreseeable future so yeah. but we're still here and we will still be here yeah because we're just recording in our office so yeah. we don't have to go out in public it's it's like my dream. Yeah. <laughs> Stop hoarding shit, people. It's buy a package people... of toilet paper. Buy a package of paper towels. Don't buy all of the toilet paper. But like I said this morning, it's the people you have the people that are the hoarders cuz they're worried about an apocalypse and then you have the people that are like, "Well, now I have to buy more toilet paper because what if I just buy a pack and then in 2 weeks we're, we're it out. might be worse for yeah. all we know." Yeah. So Get over it, Ryan. I guess. We're fine. Live your best lives. Anyway, (laughs) welcome to our podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we're a movie podcast and we talk about movies. Yeah. We go back and we watch some favorites from when we were growing up and see if they hold up. Yeah. That's what we do here. Yeah. And this week, we're doing the 1992 classic Wayne's World, which is your pick. Yes. Even though I did watch this movie quite a bit as a child. Mm-hmm. A little too much, maybe? For me, it wasn't until I became a teenager. Oh. Yeah. You had a horrible childhood. No, I'm just kidding. No. Um, go ahead and hit us with some 1992 facts. This movie was released on Valentine's Day, 1992. It had a budget of $20 million and grossed $183 million. So it was quite successful. Uh, Popular TV shows from that year were Roseanne, Home Improvement, and Murphy Brown. The number one song the week the movie came out was Right Said Fred, I'm Too Sexy. A couple other popular songs were Mr. Big, To Be With You, and Criss Cross, Jump. That literally was my jam. I know I say that a lot, but I did have a thing for Criss Cross. It was the number one song from April 25th all the way till June 19th. So for two months, everybody was just jamming out to that. I do remember getting the their cassette tape for Christmas mm-hmm. one year. It was before we moved to Montana. So I, want, I would say 1992, Christmas 92. Yeah, that makes sense because it was super popular that summer. Yeah. And it was Christmas present that following Christmas. I famously... I would spend the night at my aunt's house on Thanksgiving night, mm-hmm. probably so my parents could go Black Friday shopping, and she was getting us up to take us to church 
and I had put my pants on backwards and was joking around like I was crisscross, and I forgot to switch them back. Good job. Went to church with my pants on backwards. The popular movies for the year were Aladdin, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, and Batman Returns. Okay. Home Alone 2, another sequel. I'm just going to start making a list of certain movies where I felt like, as a child, the sequels were better. and. Oh, Hot yeah. take. You think Home Alone 2 is better than Home Alone 1? I've said it before, Ryan. You just don't listen to me. I've said it numerous times. I know you like Batman Returns more than Batman. Yes, because of Catwoman. Yeah. And Penguin is ridiculously scary. And Christopher Walken's in it. I mean, I will there's so say, many elements. As a kid, I liked Batman 1 more. But as an adult, since we've rewatched them a few years ago, I agree with you. It's a better movie. Well, we haven't. I haven't watched that one in a while. Oh, I remember when we watched them a few years ago. Oh. And I... Maybe that was with your other wife. I've only had one. That you know of. <laughs> Can you have a wife that you don't know about? I don't know. Can you? I don't know. I guess, I guess it's possible. So what are your earliest recollections of this movie? I think the one thing I remember most from this movie is we owned it on VHS. Mm-hmm. And we watched it a lot, me and my brother. And it was the first time I'd ever heard Bohemian Rhapsody. Same. And obviously, as a mostly white person, you gotta love that song. It's like required. It really is. If you're white. And if you're not white. I mean, there's plenty of people that like it. But I know there's there's memes out that they're like, they don't get why it's such a thing. I don't know. It's one of the... It hits like rock. It's a, like a opera. It's, yeah. I've always loved songs where they, where it starts off as one thing and goes in totally different directions. Yeah. Or I know it's, it starts off slow and then it gets really fast and then it gets slow again. I love songs like that. No, and I this agree. is like a prime example of that. Yeah. I'm What's sure there's it? like a musical term for that, but I don't know. And I feel like it became a much popular song, more popular by way of this movie than when it Definitely. was originally released, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. I, I could agree with that I, I more culturally, but I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was pretty popular before this movie. Mm -hmm. But that's, yeah, I mean, I just remember loving that and thinking Mike Myers was hilarious. He was one of my favorite SNL people. He was probably one of my earliest memories of SNL. Mm -hmm. And obviously we've done awesome powers. So I've always been a big fan of him. One of my favorite movies is uh, So I Married an Axe Murder, which yes. is... Kind of more of a cult classic, mm -hmm. but it's really funny and hilarious. I wasn't like a huge Dana Carvey fan as much as I was more of a Mike Myers fan. I think I was the opposite, oh. actually. Well, I guess we have to get divorced now. So. <laughs> For me, I remember my brother going to see it with his friends. Um, for his, it was one of his friend's birthdays. That's mm -hmm. what he wanted to do. So, But I remember him saying he didn't like the movie. My brother didn't. And I didn't see it, so I didn't. I became aware of Wayne's World later when Comedy Central would show the reruns. I would watch the reruns of the episodes during the summer, and I got to see all the Wayne's Worlds. I was like, this thing's hilarious. Rented the movie. Loved the movie. Right. I think that would have been like 97. Oh, damn. And then my mom bought it for us one year on Christmas on VHS, and we saw it a bunch of times. I always loved it. But also I had the impression that uh, Garth was the star of the movie. I don't know why. 
And it's like, no, it's the total opposite. It's Wayne Campbell. The minute I became aware of what Wayne's World was, I was a super fan. I it was another one of those instances where I some for some reason trusted my brother's judgment and went, oh, it must suck. American Pie, he said, was not good. I believed him. I feel like he's going to listen to this and be like, what? I didn't yeah. say that. He also famously did not like Guardians of the Galaxy. Now I definitely know what brother you're talking about. Yes. Again, he's going to be like, I, I, I like all the movies now. <laughs> yeah. But... You shouldn't trust your, a child's judgment either. But I was like eight, and I'm trusting my big brother's judgment. Your like, big brother? My big brother. <laughs> my big brother's judgment. <laughs> He said it wasn't good, and I was like, okay, must have been bad. Nope. I trusted my brother's judgment, but I always felt like we were doing all of these things together. Mm -hmm. And so there wasn't like this. I watched this movie, and it wasn't good. Plus, I think my brother really, I think he has stronger opinions now as an adult, but when he was a kid, he was more into everything. Like, he liked everything. Yeah. No, it's definitely a, you need to go form your own opinions thing for me as like when i was a kid i trusted my brother's judgments and just went along with what they said yeah rather than well you should watch it too and see whether or not you like it i think as an adult like i still find some of my opinions being formed by others like even reviews mm -hmm. going oh this got re a really bad review but then i'll look at like what actual people not just critics are saying yes they're like well I also try to th see it as like, well, this movie's not trying to be some sort of like Oscar worthy piece of, it's just there to be fun. Yeah. So if it's enjoyable for you, then that's all that matters. Exactly. Which is just any kind of art, you know? Yeah. It's I've all subjective. I've always taken critics reviews with a grain of salt. Right. But now as an adult, you have, as we get older, we have more versions of reviews out there. We do have a CineScore review, which I always think is funny when it's. This movie has a a D plus rating and it has a twenty eight on Rotten Tomatoes and then you look at the Cinescore review and it's an A minus. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're saying. It's well, it's not trying to win an Academy Award. It's just trying to entertain people. Yeah. And it does it, that well. It's kinda like with Yelp reviews. I'll read the reviews and I'll be like, The food is really great. I love the food, but the one waitress took too long to answer me on whether I could have a refill, and it's like, yeah, I don't care about that. One and a half stars. Like, service does matter, but it's, to me, like, deciding somebody's rude is completely, I guess, subjective to, like, who you think might be being rude, I consider not being rude. So exactly. I'm like, I'm not gonna not go to a restaurant because you think the waiter was being rude to you because they took too long to give you an extra napkin or something. Because also it could be someone that 99% of the time is in a great mood and a great server and they caught that person on a bad day where they maybe were a little long or maybe the server just you know forgot for a second and they were busy doing something else like they're we're human. all human yeah, yeah. anyway <laughs> this has been restaurant reviews restaurant <laughs> restaurants I would like just once to have an episode where I don't fumble on my words it would but... be impressive because we both do it. It's not just you, but it, it it's amazing. I don't know that we've ever gone through it and went, yeah, we did good this episode. There yeah. was no fumbling. No. It's, it's annoying. Happened. Yeah. I just need to drink like 10 beers. Because <laughs> then if I slur my speech, I won't even notice. We're going to test that with our next episode. Next week. Yes. 
By the way, don't forget to send your questions. DM us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook mm-hmm. with any of your questions. It could be about movies. It could be about life, what what we think about politics. But though I don't really want to discuss that, to no. be honest with you. But mm. yeah, we've already got a couple. So yeah. that's cool. Definitely. Could, could use a little bit more, guys, though. Yeah, keep sending them. We appreciate the ones we've gotten already, though. Yeah. I'm excited to do it. Yeah, me too. That sounded weird. <laughs> anyway, so let's move on to do we think that Wayne's World is going to hold up? I'm going to say yes. Okay. I have such fond memories of this movie. I'm sure there's going to be a couple parts where I'm going, that's a little cringy, but I think far and away the good will outweigh the bad. And I can honestly say I have not seen this in years. I don't know the last time I watched it. I agree that it's going to most likely hold up. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if we've watched it together because I thought we owned it and we apparently don't. Yeah, we own the second. Why? I mean, I love the second one too, but why? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember a video store was going out of business and we bought it there. And they didn't have the first one. Because they had it, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why we never picked up the first one, though. But that's further proof that we've never probably watched it together because we didn't rent it or anything. I watched it so much as a kid that I feel like I will remember. I remember most of the cast. I'm hoping there's some good cameos, but I do remember, like, a majority of the main cast. So none of those are going to be a surprise to me. No. But, yeah, I, I do think it will hold up because I think nostalgia aside that it's still going to be a really funny movie i don't remember any sort of like cringy jokes or anything Mm -mm. that wouldn't translate well but for all i know they're there i just it's been a really long time since i've seen this movie so who knows yeah i was gonna say i'm trying to think about it and if we've never watched it together which i don't think we have it's been at least 15 years since i saw it yeah and i don't think my dad ever bought it on dvd so so yeah, it's probably been a really long time. I feel like the last time I watched it, I watched it on TV or something like that. So yeah, on the old Comedy Central or one of those. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so we're gonna go ahead. Oh wait, wait, do the thing that I always forget. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been really good about it lately. The last few months, you've been top notch at remembering. So if you guys want to watch this and don't own it it is available to stream on stars if you have a star subscription or showtime or direct tv i'm assuming on their on-demand service Mm -hmm. so there's a couple options there also you can rent it on the various platforms but yeah we're gonna go ahead and watch it we're gonna go ahead and hit the pausey pause and we'll be back to discuss wayne's world Okay, and we're back. We just finished watching Wayne's World, and we're going to go ahead and break down our movie with our categories. Like we always do. And our first category is, well, hello there, where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie, and there was a ton. There was a lot. And I know I had just said, I don't think there will be a lot of surprising ones, but there were a couple surprising ones. Yeah. Who did you notice? The first person was Brian Doyle Murray, Mm -hmm. who plays Noah Vanderhoff. It wasn't so surprising because I did remember that because he's got a bigger part in the movie compared to some. And he's 
the owner of Noah's Arcade, who ends up being their sponsor. On Wayne's World? Yeah. When, when they kind of sell out. Yes. Uh, yeah. And Brian Doyle Murray's from Caddyshack and Christmas Vacation. He mm-hmm. plays uh, Chevy Chase's boss. He was on SNL after Bill Murray left. Yeah, and he's Bill Murray's brother. Mm-hmm. The first one I noticed was Rob Lowe, who played Benjamin Kane. Yes. And Rob Lowe's been on a ton of shows and movies. He was a uh, one that I know him the best from as Chris Traeger on Parks and Rec. But yes. he's been in a ton of movies and shows. That's true. That's very true. I did read a trivia where it said, I don't know if the he had a sex tape scandal, mm-hmm. if it was after this and before Austin Powers, the second one, uh-huh. um, but that helped, like Mike Myers helped revive his career oh. in a way because he gave him roles and also helped him like learn comedy because prior to this movie, he wasn't really in comedies. He was in a lot of dramas and teen type movies it makes sense i feel like the minute you're involved in a scandal in hollywood they're very quick to write you off and nobody wants to give you a second chance yeah it's kind of sad i also feel like there's people that were in scandals like back in the day where it's not even that big of a deal anymore yeah he he being one of them where people kind of forget he was involved in a scandal. i think it was in the late 80s yeah so yeah um who else did you notice he, he was in bed with Ione Sky, mm-hmm. whose character name is Elise. She's literally in one scene, but she's most famously from Say Anything. Mm-hmm. And she was in a movie. I think she was in Fever Pitch. That is correct. Yeah, she played that. one of Drew Barrymore's friends. Because I did not recognize her in Fever Pitch. And you're like, yeah, that's Ione Sky. Yeah. Um, the next one that I recognized was Tia Carrera as yes. Cassandra Wong who's kind of Wayne's love interest in this movie, and she's a musician that he just obsesses over a little bit. Uh, The big thing that I remember her from is that she did the voice uh, of Lilo's mom. Sister. Sister, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and Lilo and Stitch. But I know she's been on other things. I just, they're kind of escaping me. I feel like I watched a trailer the other day on YouTube, and she was in, and I was like, ah, Tia Carrera, because I feel like I hadn't seen her in a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I also didn't know, probably because when I was younger, the only thing I knew her really from was this movie, mm-hmm. that she's actually Filipino. Oh. Um, I didn't know that until at work, at my old job, we had like a Filipino appreciation day because mm-hmm. I worked with a lot of people that were like Filipino-American. And our one manager, she like grabbed a bunch of movies with Tia Guerrero. I was like, I didn't know she's Filipino, but that's awesome. Yeah. And it makes sense now. Yeah. Hearing her accent, I feel like it does sound more Filipino than, but yeah. Very interesting. Fun fun fact, I guess. Yeah. My next one was Michael DeLuise. I want to say Dom DeLuise. <laughs> it's like, I think it was a, a clip on a talk show. They can't say Vin. They have to say Vin Diesel. Like, it's just one word. It might have been James Corden, but he's oh. like, I can't say Vin. It's Vin Diesel. I, I can't say DeLuise. I have to say Dom DeLuise. Yes. But Michael DeLuise is his son, mm-hmm. and he played Alan, one of the, I guess, crew, crew, member? me- crew members on the Wayne's World show. And he, for me, is most notably TJ from Gilmore Girls. He played Luke's brother-in-law. But, yeah, he's th- that's the main thing that I can think of. I think we saw something in uh, one time with him in it. Yeah. And we're like, hey, it's TJ. Yeah. Because that's what we always associate him with. He doesn't have a lot of lines in this no. movie, but. No, he has very few. He's probably the smallest 
least developed member of their like production i don't crew. know i think a majority of them are except for like one yeah but we'll talk about that later i feel like in the second one some of the crew and like roadies for them are like chris farley i want to say is one of them they're more more famous people <laughs> than <laughs> famous people they're famous yeah i can't remember it's been a really long time since i've seen the second one as well mm-hmm. what was your next one my next one was laura flynn boyle yeah. plays wayne's ex-girlfriend stacy and she was on The Practice and Las Vegas. She's just been a ton of things over the years. Yeah. Um, my next one is Lee Turgeson. Ooh. He plays Terry, one of the other crew members. Mm-hmm. And for me, he's kind of a character actor. I feel like he's in a lot of stuff. But when I was a kid, I watched Weird Science, the TV show. Mm-hmm. And he played Chet, the older brother, who in the movie Bill Paxton played. I will say until today, I always thought that was Jay Moore. Oh. Because I think he looks like Jay Moore. A little bit, yeah, yeah. I can see it. But yeah. And he's also, I guess most recently, he was on the Purge TV show. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But, he, I mean, he has been in a lot of stuff. I just picked out something that... Yeah, that's very recent. I, I knew. <laughs> yeah. What was your next one? My next one was Ed O'Neill yeah. as a small cameo as Glenn, the manager of stan makita's donut shop and he just is like a real quirky character where he's very serious and he talks about killing people yeah every time he's talking he's just like do you know that when you stab a guy and it's cold outside the steam comes from their (laughs) body and it's impressive because like he's the definition of a cameo he was on married with children at this point he yes. was an extremely famous person making yeah. a real small cameo in a tv in a movie so yeah you keep wanting to call it a tv show yeah it's like the second time yeah You're like this tv show this tv show what was my next one? Oh, meatloaf makes you... cameo as yeah. tiny the bouncer mm-hmm. at the club they go to uh, that was it he he just says hi to wayne and that was yeah it, it was literally a cameo which i i've seen this movie a lot of times and i never recognized him I didn't either. It's literally like two seconds of the movie, mm-hmm. though, so. Yeah. The next one I had was uh, Donna Dixon, who is Garth's stream girl. Yeah. And every time he sees her, like, he goes into a trance and her hair blows very gracefully and everything. Yeah. And I did not, I remember she was like a model. Yes. And did not know until you had told me that is Dan Aykroyd's wife. Yeah. And has been Dan Aykroyd's wife since 1983 pretty legit yeah crazy i didn't know that either i also didn't recognize her mm-hmm. as a like anybody i just knew she was a model oh i remember when you i would when we saw the when i saw this and then i forget who plays the love interest in the second one i can't remember it's somebody else famous it might be like kim basinger or somebody like that it's somebody it's i i think it's like a more famous model yeah. it's probably somebody really obvious and somebody's yelling out right, right. now I could so look it up, so. but we should stay on track. Yeah. My next one is Kurt Fuller. Mm-hmm. He played Russell, who was basically worked for Benjamin. Yeah. At the studio, and he was in Ghostbusters too. He's a good character actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. The last thing I remember seeing him in personally was The Good Wife. He played a judge um, on several episodes. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely recognized him and. I yeah. know I've seen him pop up on TV shows and stuff over the years. Yeah, but it's like, it's definitely, if I see him in a TV show, I was like, oh, it's the guy from Wayne's World. Yeah. Like, that's what I know him from. That's what I do. 
Yeah. Um, the next one that I noticed was Chris Farley. Yes. Who played uh, Frank Frankie Sharp's incredibly well-informed <laughs> security guard. He knew everything about Frank Sharp, who was the head of Sharp Records. But I think the point was that he wasn't. He was just a security guard at the concert, and he knew a lot about the guy who was just stopping by to yeah. talk to Alice. Like Cooper. he knew how he, this guy doesn't fly. He's gonna go through this town, this town, and this town, and then circle back. Yeah. My next one was Mike Haggerty. Mm-hmm. He plays Davey, who I guess is the manager at the public access oh, okay. cable place who gets fired. Yeah. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He's another character actor. He was on the Mindy Project. But the one thing I remembered him from recently, because we just started watching it, was he's their captain in Brooklyn Nine-Nine in the first few episodes before Captain Holt no gets there. And he's like, we love that captain because he just lets them do whatever they want. Yeah, that's oh. him awesome i was like i remember him being on home improvement and stuff like that he was like because he is a character actor yeah and somehow i forget the show that we're currently binging he was on so we would have saw that two weeks ago yeah so that's awesome your next one my next one is robert patrick shows up as Mm -hmm. his character t1000 from terminator 2 judgment day yeah and it was just a fun little cameo yeah that's a good reference yeah and uh, Colleen Camp mm-hmm. plays Mrs. Vanderhoff, which is, uh, is it Noah? I already yeah. forgot the name. Noah Vanderhoff's wife. And she's been in a bunch of stuff. She's a good character actress as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Babysitter's Club, Clue, Roseanne, just nice. a bunch of stuff. Nice. I definitely recognize her most from this movie, I think, after yeah. looking at her IMDb. But, BB? I said it. I am. DB? I am DB. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's one of those things I constantly be like, I am BD. Like, <laughs> base data? <laughs> Internet movie base data? Yeah. Um, did you have anybody else? Uh, just the last one I had is Carmen Felipe. And he played Mr. Withers. Oh, yeah. Who at the end, they do the Scooby-Doo ending and they rip off Rob Lowe's face. And it's Mr. Withers, the old man who owns the amusement park. Yeah. And he was another character actor. He was in uh, Beetlejuice and Escape from New York. But the main thing I remember him from is he plays like a drunk bar patron and the wedding singer. And Alan Covert is teaching him how to moonwalk where they have like the beat it jackets on and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's just funny. Yeah, that's a good one. I think uh, the only one I don't think we mentioned was Alice Cooper. Yeah. He plays himself. <laughs> and they have a nice intellectual conversation with him, which, which is part of the bit. Yeah, which is actually, I'm pretty sure, how he is if you ever would yeah. talk to him. He is extremely well-educated. Yeah. And well, there's like a couple, I think, rockers, especially from that time, mm-hmm. where people are like, because they have this performance or almost like Marilyn Manson too like because yeah. he's into dressing a certain way that he also acts off stage like that and you're like no he's the other one that I can think of off the top of my head would be Gene Simmons yeah where mm-hmm. they're very well spoken very well educated but yeah. people just look at him like you said and it's like no he's weird yeah. no he's still really smart yeah <laughs> yeah it's just an act yeah um, do you want to move on? Yes. The next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens. And this is where we talk about fashion, offensive jokes, and dated references. 
What did you think about the 1992 fashion? Uh, some of it was really dated and you're like, you cringe at it. But it was interesting me, to me that Garth wears band, t- band t-shirts yeah. and jeans and Wayfair framed lenses, uh, frames for his glasses. And Wayne basically wears a black t-shirt and jeans. Like, it's timeless what they're wearing. Yeah, what what they're wearing is definitely timeless. It's classic. The only thing that dates it is their hair. Yeah. And the fact that it's 1992. And obviously their hair is part of their character from SNL. Mm-hmm. But some of the wig looks yeah. really bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're not In good. different scenes. And they're real choppy hair, too. Yeah. I definitely agree with you there. Uh, the first one I really noticed was Stacy, mm-hmm. who's uh, Laura Finn Boyle's character. When she sees Wayne and everybody in the donut shop, she's wearing this ruffle dress. Yeah. That's bright magenta. Yeah. And that was amazing. I think a lot of the female uh, wardrobe was very dated in mm-hmm. the sense that a lot of uh, Tia Carrera's outfits were lace yeah all lace they were very skimpy Mm -hmm. she pulls it off though (laughs) we get it you're good looking yeah one of the ones i had was you mentioned russell the who's like benjamin's co-worker yeah he wore a real like multicolored windbreaker yeah a lot of it like to the point they went to a heavy metal bar and he was wearing his crappy windbreaker yeah I think it's really to point out that Benjamin and Russell are these, like, you know, guys that are uptight and kind mm-hmm. of preppy. And then everybody else in that whole movie is like, you know, we're into rockers and we're... We're laid back and We're chill. laid back and young and cool. Yeah. Um, Benjamin, at one point, is wearing a striped collared button-down shirt and the stripes were really wide mm-hmm. they're blue and white and then he was wearing this tie with just this random design on it and it just looked bizarre it reminded me i don't know what movie we just watched where they were wearing floral on f- different floral might have been oh i think it was problem child yeah yeah <laughs> i was like it was literally the last movie we watched when i saw that shirt because it's like a blue and white wide striped shirt I thought if he took off a tie, he could have looked like he was in the Beach Boys. Yes. I think by itself, that shirt's not that dated. Mm-hmm. But I think with added with the tie and how he had it tucked in, that's what makes it dated. Yeah. But, yeah. Did you have anything else? The only other thing was just there was a ton of long hair. Everybody, oh, as far as guys. As far yeah. as guys. Everybody had a long hairdo, with yeah. the exception of basically Rob Lowe. I think it's fine in the sense that it was that time, and, yeah. And and they're into that music scene where you had long hair, so you could headbang. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it definitely fits. It wouldn't have made sense if everybody was like super preppy. Had buzz cuts. Yeah. Like, hey, what the heck? What about offensive jokes or dated references? Ooh, I had a ton of dated references. I felt like Benjamin's apartment in his bedroom. It reminded me of the yuppies house from Christmas Vacation. Yes. It was real pastel-y looking and just gaudy. It's probably really hip in oh. 1992, but yeah. yeah, it's definitely more dated. It reminded me also of Pierce Hawthorne's house on Community. <laughs> so exactly, it was incredibly hip in the late 80s. Yeah. And like, no, doesn't hold up. What about you? One of the first references, so this movie, 
I, I realized it's probably one of the first movies I saw as a kid that used reference humor, mm-hmm. which I do love. One of our favorite shows is Community, and it's literally 90% references. Yes. And like Gilmore Girls always has references. Down to Gilmore Girls, when they would put out the DVD, they yeah, would give they're... you a book so you understood the references. Because they, they'd just be flying out of yeah. everybody's mouth at such a rapid speed that you're like, what? what? I didn't catch that. <laughs> but yeah, so one of the first references they make is a Heather Locklear. Yeah. Uh, Wayne is trying to calm down Garth. And he's just like, you're in a forest with Heather Locklear. <laughs> Obviously, the it woman of the time. Oh, yeah. So. Melrose Place was huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, when Benjamin's in bed with, I thought it was his girlfriend, but he, they never make reference to her again, so I don't know. Yeah. But she has wa- a name, though. Yeah. Character name, which is weird. So they're watching TV, and it's just a slew of infomercials. And they pass some dandies. Yes. There's the Chia Pets, the Smart Clapper. Yeah. Um, I think there might have been another one in there that I can't remember. Um, let me see here. There was just obviously they the first commercial is Noah's Arcade, which is because he's gonna end up being Wayne's World sponsor. Yeah. So that made sense. But yeah, the Smart Clapper mm-hmm. jingle. That no. took me back. Yes, it did. And Chia Pet Jingle, too. I don't even really watch commercials anymore, so it's. I'm sure some of those, like, I, I don't think the Spark Clapper exists anymore, but Chia Pet does. So. Chia Pet, yeah. Because there's all the different licensed ones. Like, you can get a Groot yes. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never had one of those. No, me neither. I was kind of jealous. My I remember one of my friends having them, but as I've learned as an adult, I can't grow shit, and I actually kill plants if i'm even around them yeah i've killed cactuses i've killed orchids which are apparently are supposed to be super easy (laughs) to keep alive and i've killed them so the only thing i feel like we were ever able to grow was we had a little basil plant that we would keep on the windowsill in our kitchen yeah and we would snip the leaves off and put them in our food yeah that was it we suck yeah i'm a black thumb yeah i think that's what they call it or a gray thumb i don't know I Not kill plants. Whatever the opposite of a green thumb is, that's yes. us. Oh, they did a gray poupon bit. Yes. Which I remember. I totally did that to people. <laughs> me and my brothers would drive around. We'd roll up next to them, roll down the window, do the pardon me. Do you have any gray poupon? And for years, I didn't realize that was their whole ad campaign. Yeah. I just knew it from this movie. Oh, I was like, I remember the commercial. It was like two old white guys Mm -hmm. in really nice cars pull up, and that's what they do. Yeah, but I didn't know that for years. I just knew it as, we're going to do Wayne's World stuff. That's funny. I guess, in a way, if you're a kid watching this movie now, that's probably going to be lost on you. Mm -hmm. Smart Clapper probably would be. Definitely. There's another one. I guess the Laverne and Shirley bit, too, Uh, would probably be lost on the children of today. But, yeah. That was always one of my favorite scenes of this. Because that is one of those shows I would watch when I was, like, three. Yeah. I don't know why. Because it was on, probably. Yeah. I was going to say, it was that and Three's Company I would watch pretty regularly when I was a little, little kid. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. What was your next one? Um, It really... it was just kind of the chairs dated it. There's a scene where Wayne and Cassandra are on the roof of the club talking. And there's a woven strapped chair 
like a patio chair. And then there was also like the old plastic strapped lounge chairs. Yeah. Like you would have by a swimming pool in 1980, which we all sat in them, but I don't think those are really around. Comfortably. Yes. They're kind of all now a screen material, I noticed, yeah. is the big thing. Those ones, I remember them breaking so easily. Mm-hmm. Especially and they, if you stand on them. I, I vividly remember like going to the swimming pool as a kid, and they had those, and they burned your butt when you would sit on them. Yes. They just attracted heat. That's very true. You yeah. had to put your towel down. Yes. And even then, you're like, a little hot. A little hot. At one point, Cassandra says she's learned English from college and police academy movies. Yes. Which is another reference that's quite dated. Yeah. Yeah, police academy, not really a thing. Any other ones? I did catch Wayne reference Dick Van Patten when he was talking to Cassandra in Cantonese. And that was a dated reference probably back then. Dick Van Patten was the dad on Eight is Enough? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. There's definitely a lot of references that... We're older, like he does the dance, the Mr. President dance, and he's distracting her on the phone. That's, yeah. you know, Marilyn Monroe, and mm-hmm. that happened how many years before? So, yeah. but it's still like culturally relevant, I think. Yes. You know? Absolutely. There, like, it's almost like a timeless reference. Yeah. Like if somebody mentions Elvis Presley, or you should know who Elvis Presley is. Or yeah. I guess Michael Jackson now, yeah. too. Like there's people that surpass time they're just i'm sure there's people that don't get those references but i also feel like those people just don't understand culture pop culture or read apparently (laughs) i don't know (laughs) or listen to music they're very oblivious to what's popular or what has been popular exactly yeah because there's just people that focus on what's popular too much that they don't even like realize there's things that happened before yeah there was a time before this yes yeah I think kids are guilty of that for the most part, but unless you grow up with parents that were like, hey, watch this show or watch this movie or listen to this music that I liked as a kid. I feel like being a sports fan, people always make fun of me because I'm a Cleveland Browns fan and they've been terrible for 30 years. Right. But they were a very good team in the 60s. There was a time period when they were good. So people just kind of only think of what what's good right now. Also, I mean... Your family's from there, so I always think it's funny to be like, "You're why are you a Browns fan?" And you're like, "Because I like shitty football teams." <laughs> yeah, because my family's from there. I don't choose this life. I threw a dart at a map. It hit Cleveland. I was like, "I'm gonna like all their teams." I mean, there's people that choose teams based on if they're winning, or oh, some, there's people that choose underdogs. Absolutely, but which is funny because yeah. I, I just assume if you're a fan of something, it's probably because you're from there. Your family's from there. There's a connection, not. I just thought, I like the color scheme. It's a weird question that I've been asked a gazillion times. Like, why are you a Browns fan? Yeah. <laughs> I just like, I'm a fan of shitty football. What's wrong with you? Uh, um, the only one I had that was really kind of offensive, and I didn't really realize it, because I think the only time I ever heard this term is actually from this movie, is Sphincter Boy. I don't remember saying it as a kid. No. But it's it's homophobic. Oh, okay. It means asshole, but it is going towards that realm of because he likes butt stuff. Oh, okay. You know, so yeah. it's homophobic. But I never. They only I, say it a couple times, but it's still yeah a little iffy. I always associated it with you're an a hole. 
but yeah. now that how you explain it, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like that there was a different meaning there and maybe yeah. some different intent. Yes. He did say something, but it's meant as a joke when Cassandra gets off the stage and there's a fight. And he was like, he was like, oh, way to break it up. He's like, everyone here was kung fu fighting. And he just goes, ugh. That was actually my cringiest moment. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. You don't know that. Yeah. It's the point of this podcast. Yeah. We're having a discussion. It's not rehearsed. Touche. <laughs> Maybe you should rehearse sometimes. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Burn on Ryan. Do you want to move on? Yes. Our next category, is, we're going to go ahead and adjust the antennas on our box tv so we can improve our reception and talk about some technology what pieces of technology did you notice well we talked about the commercials and the box television that the commercials were on Mm -hmm. but i guess the first one i really noticed was wayne was using a yellow sony walkman to learn cantonese to impress cassandra Mm -hmm. i liked the earbuds that he had where like nowadays, they just hang from the strings, but he had like an actual over the head thing that kept him in your ears. I don't know how to describe it. I don't know. I don't know. I apologize. <laughs> they were earbuds. They were. At the beginning of the movie, uh, Wayne and Garth have this guy on to promote his suck cut. Yeah. Vacuum hair cut contraption, which I want to say there was a thing called like the Floby. Uh, I, I vaguely remember, like, an infomercial thing. Yeah, and that people would buy those. So no, it was, like, an you. actual thing. <laughs> I'm accident prone, so I'd probably hurt myself doing that. I would be the guy who put it on too short of a setting, and next thing you know, my hair's gone. That's true. Because <laughs> it sucks while it cuts. Shh. You're a dork. I know. The only other one I had was that he had like a, a CD like disc man in his car that he bought. And it was just funny that Cassandra was really impressed by it. Yeah. Because he bought it with his money that he got when they are, their show got picked up, basically. And she's just like, oh, when did you get that? And Ooh, fancy. And it's probably really expensive, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In 1992? Yeah. Heck, yeah. I did notice he had a cassette tape of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. Which... Obviously, we talked about how that became a relevant song, massively relevant. The only other one that I had was Benjamin had a cordless phone that he orders food on, but it had a massive antenna that stuck like off of it. Like bigger than the ones in the late 90s. Yeah. It was a really like thick <laughs> antenna, and it was really long. Um, I didn't really have anything else. I know like Garth had a, a pretty clunky computer but for the most part it didn't seem like anything really stuck out to me no uh -uh. the soundtrack though i do remember this movie having an excellent soundtrack Mm -hmm. and we did have it we did as well i think i still have it on my my phone oh really yeah i don't think i do i have like the feed my frankenstein by alice cooper on there and yeah there's some good songs i always like dream weaver yes yeah they use that as his when he sees Cassandra. Yeah. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. I guess they got re-recorded for the, specifically for this movie. Oh. My parents did have it on vinyl, though. Really? Yeah. They were a big fan of that. Gary Wright. Yes. I looked it up because I was like, I know this song, but I don't know who sings it. Yeah. I did if lo- my parents had a vinyl, it was probably a popular song. 
Your parents had a ton of vinyl. They did, and they still do. I'm mm. hoping because I was supposed to get some of those, and I don't know what happened. Lame. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to talk about anything else in the technology category? I do not. Okay. Let's move on to Is It Even Good? Where we talk about the plot and plot holes. And we name our funniest and cringiest moments from this movie. And to be honest with you, I probably have like 30 funny moments. So we're going to be here for a while. (laughs) No. What did you think about the plot? The plot I thought was interesting in the sense I feel like there's a consensus when people sell out to a corporate entity it always ruins yeah. them and down to like they had a nice little cable access show they get a sponsor who comes in and just tries to take over their show so i thought that was actually kind of almost a cliche it's cliche but i think it's relevant because i've i don't know how many stories i've read where you know when you are trying to sell a book or a tv show and then there's people that come in and try to change everything about it and it's kind of a a hard process Mm -hmm. so i think that's real to life and i think it still happens so i think in that sense that this plot stays pretty relevant yeah definitely i mean there was some parts that were exaggerated because it is a comedy and Mm -hmm. the references and stuff i guess take you out of the realism of it but it's also what makes the movie special i guess yeah so what about any plot holes I was kind of watching it going, like, I don't feel like there's a lot of them. And then I thought it was interesting when they bring in that whole D plot involving sharp records. Yeah. They go out of their way to over-explain everything and make it a joke that you might think this is going to be a plot hole, but hopefully he's watching TV at the exact moment. Like, they're very self-aware. Yes, it's very meta. Yes. For sure. I, I put that down as well. Like, they don't really have plot holes, but them, they're like, hopefully he's watching TV at that exact moment. <laughs> exactly. Like, during, it was so meta, it was funny. Yeah. I was like, well done. I think the only one that I really had, it was kind of small, but that Wayne and Garth didn't know how many ch- changes to their own show was happening until right when they were going on air for the first time. And, you know, they get a new sign or in a theme song and yeah. an announcer. I feel like they were also distracted by the success. Mm-hmm. And they're so, like, laid back. And Rob Lowe's character took advantage of that. Yeah. And was like, I'm going to do everything I can to change this. And they weren't happy about it, obviously. No. Let's exploit them. I don't know. It's, it's a lighthearted comedy, so it's kind of hard to say that there's a lot of plot holes. Yeah. Even they're... though we've watched plenty of movies on this podcast that are supposed to be lighthearted comedies and they definitely do have plot holes <laughs> what was your funniest liner moment my favorite part was when garth and wayne are testing out the chroma king at their tv studio and they're just going through different sets and they're like we're gonna go to new york and garth's like i have a gun let's go to a broadway show i don't know why that part never made me laugh as much as when they're like hi i'm in delaware <laughs> This that, is Delaware. <laughs> that's the part that always would get me, but it's yeah. earlier and I was like, I'm like, well, that was fucking funny as hell. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, one of my favorite parts when I was a kid and it made me chuckle when we rewatched it today was when Stacy brings Wayne a gun rack and he's like, I don't even own a gun. <laughs> I just like how he emphasizes uh. 
let alone mini guns. <laughs> to necessitate a gun rack. Yeah. Uh, uh, God. Uh, did you have any other ones you want to talk about? It's just, there's so many subtle ones. Yeah. I love at the very beginning when they're interviewing the suck cut guy and Wayne's like, starts pointing it at the guy and it's the get a load of this guy cam and then they cut to garth and it's the help me cam and it's just cheesy subtle stuff that me and my brothers when we would make home videos we would do stuff like that i would pay money to see those videos Uh, i'm sure they're terrible i'm sure my ours were too but yeah well me and my brother did more like radio shows and stuff but Mm -hmm. um i did get a video camera when i was in junior high but I felt like I just videotaped myself doing weird stuff, like I had talk shows. and I felt like my brother was already aged out of being a nerd, kind of. Or he's trying to not do those nerdy things. So I was like, I guess I'll just do it by myself. See, and I felt like I think we got one, uh, just a family camcorder when I was in like eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And I do remember like me and uh, specifically my brother Danny would do stupid stuff. Like I talked about on the heavyweights episode yes. when we're like, you know, roll or whatever like we remember recreating these stupid scenes and i remember wayne gets fired and they cut back and garth is sitting there and they're like go to him and he starts crawling backwards over the couch like awkwardly and he's like i'm having a good time (laughs) i don't know why but i vividly remember doing that Uh. (laughs) on a recording someplace that's amazing yeah i did love that they broke the fourth wall obviously and they talked to the camera but then the first part of the movie they're at the donut shop and glenn starts talking to the camera and it's again it's very dark and he's talking about how he killed the guy and i just love it because then wayne's over like uh no it's only supposed to follow us <laughs> and then it starts following garth and he's like, and he's like ah. <laughs> yeah i love that yeah. he wasn't ready he wasn't ready uh, also, I guess just physical humor when Stacy crashes into the car on her bike when she already has a neck brace from falling out of a rooftop window. Yeah. Oh, good times. What was your cringiest? I had listed the kung fu fighting as right. well. And then you talked about it earlier? Yeah, because it, it popped up and I was like, oh, that wasn't very... It can't, it's uh, cringy and offensive. I think it's, it's slightly like, offensive, but it's also like he saved himself by going oh maybe i shouldn't have said that like yeah. it was aware yeah the thing that i think's kind of cringy is how they say schwing all the time when they think a woman's attractive it's kind of i i was gonna write that that was a little i don't know it's a little offensive but i also feel like the one episode where they're talking about I want to say Claudia Schiffer. Mm-hmm. They were also like, they said something else that kind of redeemed them. They're like, I don't know what they said. I can't remember, but I was like, eh, they're respectful of it. But also yeah. they're like kind of grotesque about it. They're not like sitting there cat calling somebody like in person, I guess. So no, it's like something they do to each other. that are something on like swing. Yeah. 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 But it's still, I guess it's a little on the fence of, is it? slightly offensive to women to just sexualize them or is it not um, yeah but they're also kind of idiots so you're like huh? <laughs> they're lovable idiots yeah well mine was the kung fu thing and i didn't really have anything else because i didn't seem to have anything that stood out to me that was like oh that's cringy or dated or sexist or racist yeah for a movie that's 
28 years old. Yes. They don't slap you with the cringiness or the dated references, really. Which I think is just incredibly hard to do because of the time we live in now. Yeah. Like, where everything is slightly offensive to somebody. Very true. Did you have anything else you want to talk about? There's just things that they did in the movie that I totally did as a child, too. They get out of the car at the donut shop, and they're, like, acknowledging their fans, like, walking, like, yeah, yeah. And... I have no fans, but I would get out of the car and like do stuff like that with my friends. He's such a dork. Yeah. I did like when the Bohemian Rhapsody scene where they cut to Garth and he doesn't know the words. And I did read in the trivia that he actually didn't know this song and he didn't bother learning it. So he's just like lip syncing, but really horribly. Like yeah. he obviously doesn't know the words to the song, but he's just so happy to be there. That's crazy that he was oblivious to the song. I know that Mike Myers created the characters and wrote the movie, but I would have just assumed he would have been with it. I did read. It. I know I like kind of corrected you at the beginning where I was like, well, no, this song was, has always been a classic, but it this movie did note that it was a resurgence after this movie came out. Mm-hmm. It was popular when it came out, but I guess Queen wasn't that popular in the 80s or they'd fallen off yeah. um, in the US mm-hmm. that they didn't even like bothered to tour here the last couple of years that freddie mercury w- was alive oh wow but then when this song came out it like had a resurgence in the u.s nice for queen so it makes sense definitely i think we talked about everything else i mean i do love the the end like the meta-ness of doing the different endings they mm-hmm. did like where evil wins out and then they did, did the scooby-doo ending and then they did the incredibly happy ending I yeah, think. yeah where everybody everything works out the only other thing I had was the game on, game off. Yeah. Which we would play football on the street as kids. And that was exactly it. Like you'd, you'd yell, yell car and game off and walk off and walk back on. There's so many scenes from this movie that it, the minute I saw it, I was like, oh, yes, I love this scene. And I think out of a lot of the movies that we've rewatched for this podcast, this is one of the ones that I've seen the most. Oh, for sure. And it has a good rewatchability. Yeah. I know we're we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, so why don't we move on to our final thoughts? Yes. As always, we give out two awards every week, the first of which is a valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Who did you give your award to? I gave mine to one of the guys in their crew because I feel like there was two where they developed, and those were the two we named in the cameos. Mm-hmm. And then there were two that were barely had any lines. Yeah. And one of them was Dan Bell. He played Neil, which was one of the ones with the long blonde hair. The mm-hmm. one that didn't talk that much. I think he had one line and it was like 50 minutes into the movie. Oh, wow. I just felt like, I guess I know why they have as many people as they have in their their crew as far as manning the cameras and stuff. But I just felt like you could got rid of him mm-hmm. and it wouldn't have mattered. Agreed. And I, I just didn't want to pick anybody that actually was developed because I feel like everybody did a pretty good job. Yeah. But uh, right now you're going to tell me, well, I picked this person. No, I I struggled giving yeah. out a bad actor and I gave it to Lara Flynn Boyle. Okay. And it was almost out of default. It was going, well, Rob Lowe was really good. And obviously Mike Myers and Dana Carvey are fun in this. Uh, but I agree with the way you went of, well, this was a character that was extremely underdeveloped, but they got a lot of screen time, I felt. Yeah. But then just no lines. 
That's true. But he was just kind of like filler. Yeah, they were unnecessary. Yeah. Like they could have got away with just having a technician and a camera operator. But Lara Flynn Boyle, like I said, it was just kind of out of default. She was a little weird, but I know that was just how she was playing the character. I think I almost wanted to put her character down as kind of a, an offensive stereotype of a, like a crazy ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But I also think she was she was pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't him overreacting to like simple things that she does like in a, in a realistic breakup if they showed up at the same place at the same time and she was just like I'm just getting donuts and he'd be like this crazy bitch is trying to stalk me. No, like she was actually like over the top. Did yeah. not want to accept that they were broken up. I do remember when she walks over with the gift before he even opens it. He's like, if there's a severed heaven in there, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. <laughs> yes, that was a pretty funny line. <laughs> they do like call her mental a lot, which I think is not really PC, but I don't blame you for picking her. No. But I, I also think there was some parts that she did were, which were really funny. It, it, like, I love the character. Yeah. It was... She was had the fun scenes like where she crashes under the car. Yeah, and stuff like she like had that. all the physical comedy, and it was her getting hurt all yeah. the time. Which, but I definitely it was one of those ones going. Well, I don't know who to give it to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for exceptional acting. Who did you give yours to? I'm gonna give it to Mike Myers, which might make him our first ever two-time winner. Yeah. Of the Thomas J. Hanks Award, he cracked me up the entire movie. And he steals all the scenes that he's in. And that's nothing against Dana Carvey or Rob Lowe. They were all fantastic in this movie. Even the scene where Cassandra's talking on the phone and he pulls his underwear into a thong and he's just acting like a creep and singing Marilyn Monroe. He was so much fun in this movie. Yeah. I I had a hard time picking between the two, but I actually ended up giving it to Dana Carvey, which I think is funny because in the beginning of this podcast, we talked about how... I was a big Mike Myers fan. Mm-hmm. You're a big Dana Carvey fan. Because I forgot he's like a little more subtle. Yes. I feel like. Whereas Mike Myers is, he's sarcastic and he's quick witted. But mm-hmm. Dana Carvey does this thing with Garth where he just, he's shy. But then he's also almost a little bit of a psycho. Yeah. Uh, I just felt like he had a lot of the funnier parts. Mm-hmm. Like when the camera followed him in the beginning and he's just like, uh, I don't <laughs> want this. And the line where he's like, I've got a gun. Let's go to a Broadway show. <laughs> Plus, it, his instincts were right about Benjamin from the start. Yeah. He didn't trust him, and he's like, this guy is too good to be true, and why would you bring your girlfriend around him? Because he's really good looking and sly. I, I was just thinking about when they get mad at each other, and he's at the donut shop, and he's stabbing the donut with a hockey stick. Yeah. And he's just like, Yeah. The other part where he kind of goes a little psycho as rob lowe is trying to talk to him and he's like we fear change and then he beats his robot arm he's working on which i'm like what are you he's always working on he's tinkering on things with he's a, like he's like data from the goonies he just beats the shit out of it with a hammer yeah but because it started so, moving yeah it's so awkward and i love it i yeah. love any kind of awkwardness because i consider myself pretty awkward and just it's relatable Oh, and then when he's dancing to Foxy, yeah. like in the donut shop, it's so it's so silly. I love it. But they're both honestly very, very good, and they both played their parts well. They're right up there with Cameron Diaz as far as people I wish would come back and make more movies, yeah. more TV shows. 
Because I remember like at SNL's 40th, they closed it with a Wayne's World skit. And they're just so damn funny. But I think it's it's one of those things that's like, I get not wanting to overdo things. Or basically play it out until it just dies a horrible death in a way. I do want to see like another Austin Powers movie mm-hmm. or, you know. Just anything, honestly, yeah. from him or anything from Dana Carvey would be. I went and saw Master of Disguise in theaters and I mm-hmm. used to watch his TV show. And I always, since I was a teenager, loved these guys and wish, you know, they were still more active. I think partly by choice. Oh, I, absolutely. I don't think. I always think... feel like you're judgy. You're like, I no. just wish, you know, they like did stuff. No, I don't think for one second Mike Myers is getting passed over in roles and stuff. I think it's definitely a choice. And I know it's got to be a lot of pressure when you're writing this stuff. If it's not good, people are going to be the first ones to tell you, well, that sucks. Well, I mean, he did some bomb movies. Yeah, The Love Guru. Yeah. Yeah. It had parts where it was funny, but it wasn't great. No. Uh Uh-uh. By any stretch. So, I don't know. I get it. Creatively, it's hard. Oh, yeah, definitely. So... What do you think? Do you think this held up uh, to your adult standards? I do. I think it was a really funny movie and it wasn't, it was part nostalgia for me having seen this movie so much as a kid, but also just a lot of the jokes were still hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just really enjoyable and I totally rewatch it again. I think the only thing that surprised me was I thought mo- there would have been more cr- cringiness just on account of it's a 28 year old movie. Yeah. And it really wasn't. It was, there was a little bit, there wasn't bad acting. It was more just funny wittiness that cracked me yeah. up for an hour and a half. I agree. Yeah. So cool. Good we job. Agree. Yay, us. Go us. Yeah. So thanks for listening to another episode of Ruining Our Childhood, guys. Mm hmm. Don't forget to send us your questions for our 50th episode, which is also coinciding with our one-year anniversary of starting this podcast, which is crazy. I know. Apparently, we took off enough weeks. Took off two. I feel like we took off more. I feel like we did, too, but yeah. I'm just thinking of all the weeks that I'm like, well, I guess the episode's going to be late. (laughs) But yeah, send us your questions. Like, who are we? What are we doing on your phone? Why do we keep playing in the middle of the night? randomly that would be no. creepy for people i've had that happen to me oh yeah. i like how you're like yeah. Yeah. I, I mean don't... i've had my phone just play random shit oh when it's in my pocket i've definitely had it turn on a song yeah. randomly and then i'm like oh that's me and the new thing my phone likes to do is try to uh facetime your mom yeah specifically my mom yes not specifically the listener my mother-in-law <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I wasn't making a your mom joke. <laughs> um, yeah, it's happened twice now yeah. at work. I need to stop putting my phone in my pocket, apparently. Darn straight. But uh, hit us up over on Instagram at Ruining Our Childhood. And Facebook at Ruining Our Childhood. And Twitter over at ROC Movie Podcast. That is t- our Twitter. Yeah. You can send us messages on any of those. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Okay. Bye. Bye.